Um, and it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's been a year and a half now since we started, or, well, a little less actually, but around there. Um, and I mean, we, we, the crazy part about Pure Investments is we started it and we pretty much didn't have a vision for where we wanted it to go because we didn't see it as like ever becoming a company or ever becoming a business venture past just like, oh, we're doing this for fun on the side. Uh, we started it and we were like, okay, so we know a lot about cryptocurrency. Um, all we have to do is provide a community, this, provide this hub where people can talk to each other and then um, you know, eventually we can monetize it by creating our own content and uh, giving it to the users in the community. And, uh, and so we did that. We, have, we were you know, connected with a lot of uh, cryptocurrency analysts or uh, you know, people very, very versed in, um, in reading the markets. And so we you know, linked up with our friends and, um, and eventually started creating content. And that was kind of, that was, that was, a, that was a shift right there. Because at first it was really just about making a community and talking to people and the people and the connections. Um, and so it was, it was growing pretty fast, but once we started pushing content, it really attracted a lot of users. Um, and that's kind of when we started seeing a vision of you know, our one year plan, two year, three year, five year, ten year. Um, and eventually, you know, we started the company itself, um, incorporated, and, uh, and that's kind of, that's when You're listening to episode number five of the Young Founders Podcast, hosted by myself, Riley Farbaugh, as well as my good friend and colleague, Nate Boland. On today's episode of the podcast, we've got Zeke Tierkel. Zeke is a co-founder and the CEO of Pure Investments, a cryptocurrency-centric investment community and content publishing platform. Zeke's team took third place in the 2018 LaunchVT Collegiate Pitch Competition and attracted over 10,000 members to their community within a year of launch. Zeke and his co-founder Miles have built a team of analysts and content creators in the crypto niche, and they've been able to monetize their community through paid memberships for premium content. We talked about all sorts of cool stuff on this episode, including Zeke's journey building pure investments from zero to 60,000 a month in revenue in less than 18 months, how online networking sparked a relationship with his co-founder, how he juggles running this business with college classes and social activities. Um, We talked about a previous business in which he was building and selling longboards in high school. Uh, We also talked about why you shouldn't take money from VCs, why you shouldn't outsource product development overseas, the pros and cons of using Discord as a a community building tool, um, and also how to segment customers and and what that can do for your business, as well as uh, the effect that content marketing had on his business. You guys can connect with Zeke on Instagram at Zeke Tierkel or go to his website, pureinvestments.com. They're also active on Twitter and YouTube. And with that said, let's dive right in. Welcome to the podcast, Zeke. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm really excited for this episode because the first couple guests, I knew their businesses pretty well. I don't know Pure Investments as well as I would like to, so I'm excited to kind of dig in and learn about the details of the business. Um, one of the things that I that we haven't asked on previous episodes, but given the name of the podcast, I feel like we should ask, how old were you when you started this business? So this business specifically, I was 
19. 19, and so Miles was the same age? Same Miles age. was a year ahead of me, so he was actually okay. 20. So yeah. you guys went to college together? Actually, he goes to college uh, in, at UMass Amherst. Okay. Uh, I'm up here at Champlain. But the funny thing is, actually, this is a funny story. We met online. I live in Amherst, but we met online. I didn't, okay. I didn't know him at all beforehand. I met him through, you know, a forums board, cryptocurrency forums board. Wow. Uh, and we started talking, you know, talking about different projects we could start start up. And uh, and he was like, Yeah, I'm actually in the, you know, New England area. I'm in, in uh, Massachusetts, Western Mass. And I was like, No way, me too. And uh, we found out we lived in the same town. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, tell us about the business. What so you met on a on a forum, right? How did that go from, you know, hey, we we live in the same area to we should start a company? Yeah. So uh, we're both both big uh, computer science guys. He's majoring in computer science. I'm majoring in cybersecurity. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're we're both diving into cryptocurrency. Uh, it was a little bit before the whole, you know. Well, one of the booms, I suppose. You know, there's been a bunch of them, but the the, the most recent one, um, November of 2017. Exactly, November to December of 2017. Yeah. Um, so this was actually the summer before that, and uh, and we were we were just talking about different projects, coding projects mostly, um, but as well as like you know community-based projects. Um, I st ended up starting a forums board of my own with uh, a couple of friends who I also met online. Um, and uh, that we ran that for a little while, um, and it didn't gain too much traction, and you know, it wasn't. It didn't seem like it was going anywhere, um, and it was more of just a side hobby for me at the time. I, I was working at a web development uh, agency out of East Hampton, Mass, and um, and so Miles actually ended up contacting me about it, and he came to me with the idea of creating this uh, community, but rather being a, a forum board, being a Discord community. Um, and I was relatively new to Discord. I didn't know exactly what it was at the time, but I was very interested. And so that's kind of where we kicked things off from. Yeah. Um, this wasn't your first entrepreneurial venture then. You, you started first on the forum board. Were there other kind of uh, clues that you might turn into an entrepreneur as you grew older? Well, yeah. So I uh, actually, even before the forums board, I started a uh, longboard startup with my friend, and so that was—it's a very, you know, it's a very different business model than uh, starting an internet community. But we were building physical products all from scratch. We built—I um, don't know how many people are familiar with how you build a skateboard, but um, basically <laughs> we were using a, a probably not many. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many people are interested either. But uh, we, you know, we—he's a—he's a mechanical engineering student. This is my friend from high school. Yeah, and so. Uh, we, we started building skateboards out of this garage. It was a great experience. Um, that's kind of what kicked my, uh, kick-started my, my drive for entrepreneurship. Um, and you know, before that, I was, I was growing up, my dad started companies of his own, so the spark was always, or the, the match was always there. It just hadn't been lit, I suppose, until high school when I, uh, when I started that business with my, my friend. I think Nate was about the same age when he started so, one of yeah, his first businesses. Yeah. Uh, you guys are both crypto majors at Champlain, right? Cybersecurity. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cybersecurity. <laughs> uh, Nate, what what do you got? Um, so going back to pure investments, 
What vision do you have from the beginning, and has it changed uh, throughout the years of running it? Absolutely, um, and it's yeah, it's crazy. It's been a year and a half now since we started, or well, a little less actually, but around there. Um, and I mean, we, we the crazy part about Pure Investments is we started it and. We pretty much didn't have a vision for where we wanted it to go because we didn't see it as like ever becoming a company or ever becoming a business venture past just like, oh, we're doing this for fun on the side. Uh, we started it and we were like, okay, so we know a lot about cryptocurrency. Um, all we have to do is provide a community, this, provide this hub where people can talk to each other and then um, you know, eventually we could monetize it by creating our own content and uh, giving it to the users in the community. And, uh, and so we did that. We, have, we were you know, connected with a lot of uh, cryptocurrency analysts or um, you know, people very, very versed in, um, in reading the markets. And so we you know, linked up with our friends and, um, and eventually started creating content. And that was kind of, that was, that was, a, that was a shift right there. Because at first it was really just about making the community and talking to people and meeting new people, making connections. Um, and so it was, it was growing pretty fast, but once we started pushing content, it really attracted a lot of new users. Um, and that's kind of when we started seeing a vision for, you know, what's our one year plan, two year, three year, five year, 10 year. Um, and eventually, you know, we, we started the company itself, um, incorporated, and, uh, and that's kind of, that's when it kind of took off. So content marketing kind of kick-started the business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when you were doing the forum board, it was kind of a smaller community, but you were making those relationships with people who would later become your content producers, or is that too early? So it was it was all around the same time, well, you know, a little bit beforehand, um, but that was definitely like the ramp up to when um, we eventually started uh, creating content. I When I started the forums board with um, a couple of friends of mine, one of them, whose name's Brett, actually, he, uh, jumped ship over to Pure Investments with us, and uh, he's our, you know, our lead manager on uh, a lot of projects right now. Um, and so, yeah, so I made a lot of connections with uh, different people in the community, people who, you know, really know what they're doing. And so, through those connections, uh, I was able to, you know, put a team together and along with Miles and uh, and start creating content. Very cool. Um, when, when did you make your first dollars in revenue? Tell us about that story. So we're a really unique case when it comes to a lot of things, especially revenue, because we made our first, you know, our first dollar straight out of the gate. Because our overhead was very, very, uh, you know, it was small. All we had to do was um, pay a team, uh, pay our team, you know, the people working for us, and then you know, we hosted the community on Discord, so we didn't really pay any fees there. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much it. So basically, the the margin for profit was um, pretty pretty large. Um, and so as soon as we started seeing people flock to our content, um, we started making money. And a lot one thing that you know makes us it's be, we're unique because of that. But the reason I think that that really happened was because um, the whole crypto boom and crash situation. You know, we started our company right in the prime of crypto, or, you know, in the scheme of things, um, in the last year at least, the prime of crypto, everything was going up, up, up. 
And so, um, you know, we were, all these new customers were looking for, for you know, things to read about crypto, and we, that's what we were providing. So people would come to us, and then, you know, eventually, later in the story, <laughs> crypto started going down. But uh, <laughs> yeah, those were our first dollars, you know. Um, we're definitely unique in the, in the, in the idea that we, we quick kind of path to revenue. Quick path to revenue. We weren't, you know, a lot of time, a lot of startups at least, you know, they'll go years without making a dollar. Right. Um, we'll be in, in debt, you know, borrowing money and taking on venture capital, uh, venture capital. I mean, we never, we never took on any VC. So. So me and Nate are super interested in how you built the Discord community yeah. because we have a, a business venture that uh, that maybe you'll be a part of. Um, that we think Discord might be appropriate for, but we can maybe come back to that later, or maybe, maybe that's uh, off camera. But um, absolutely. Uh, so you you started putting out free content, and then when people started kind of discovering that content, you upsold them and kind of were like, "This is how good our free content is. Imagine how good our premium content is, and the community and the expert analysis, etc." And that was that was what drove your first dollars in revenue. That's right. So people would come. Basically, the process would it was not is anymore. Really, it's it's changed a lot. But it was in the early stages. People would find our Discord through uh, usually cryptocurrency forums. So um, Bitcoin Talk was a big one. You know, we had ads up on there, and we had referrals and all that jazz. And people would you know come to our Discord. A lot of people who had never seen Discord before. So this was the first time, which was pretty crazy to us that they were able to jump over that wall so fast. Um, and then they would, they would be in our Discord for a while, and, uh, and they would see the free content um, that we put out, and that was, you know, Discord works in mysterious ways, but they are channels, basically, um, and we had a channel where we put out free content. And then uh, we had the subscribe option, so we had, you know, a button where they clicked and brought them to a payment page, and, and then suddenly they were given a role uh, in the Discord that allowed them access to all the premium content. And, uh, also, the our team of uh, analysts who you know were always on board, always there to talk to them, which I think was a big selling point as well. Um, actually, additionally to that, the free addition in addition to the free content, um, a lot of the uh, our customers and a lot of our users would uh, talk about our product to the to the people who hadn't purchased yet, and that definitely drove sales and was definitely helpful in the process um, in the early days, at least of. Uh, gaining revenue. Were Nate, there any, uh, yeah, so uh, were there any like competitors in this style, so Discord communities or uh, uh, cryptocurrency communities like your style um, that you could compete with? Uh, or you guys were the only ones? Yeah, so uh, originally Miles um, and I were also in a uh, forum, or not a forum, it's a Discord community um, targeted towards cryptocurrency enthusiasts. And uh, we were pretty integrated in that community, actually. We knew the owners and um, pretty much uh, all the, the big figures in that, in that community. And uh, it was only about, I want to say like a thousand people large, so it was relatively small. Um, and they actually ended up becoming one of our competitors. We were friends with the owner of that community at first, um, but they weren't. I talked to the owner a lot, and I presented. We had presented ideas like, "Oh, we, you know, we can monetize this. We can, we can make this bigger." Um, but he wasn't really feeling it, so we went over, built our own, and you know, created our own business model around it. Um, after we saw traction, and 
and we eventually outgrew them. We actually pretty fast we outgrew them. Um, and they ended up taking a lot of our ideas and implementing them uh, for, their, for themselves. Um, and then we also saw other competitors in the area, um, a lot of crypto, or twi uh, yeah, crypto, I don't know what to call them, crypto gurus on Twitter would basically create their own discords uh, and then funnel all their Twitter traffic into there. And so they grew pretty big. I think I saw one with like 30,000 people on it. Um, and so, and you know, their, their Twitter followers would then, uh, you know, they'd upsell their Twitter followers and, and uh, gain subscriptions off that. We never had a, a real like guru following like that, so we weren't able to do that. We kind of had to build it from the ground up, from the you know, the, build the Discord from the ground up. Uh, we couldn't really funnel a ton of traffic that we already had into it. What was it like seeing that, you know, pretty explosive growth from zero to ten thousand members in a year, and what what drove that? So I'd say, like I said, the the crypto. Boom basically was a was a huge factor in driving our growth. Uh, we, uh, time but how did people find you yeah. versus your competitors? We did a lot of marketing in the right places. So yeah. we pushed banner ads on, on, on a lot of forum sports. So Bitcoin Talk, uh, Hack Forums was a big one. You know that whole uh, computer science, cybersecurity community is really interested in. So. Yep. Um, Miles always is a computer science major. Uh, he knows a lot about marketing, and uh, basically he was teaching me and still is teaching me about um, you know segment segmentation of your customer groups and um, your customer base, and also um, you know how to how to fully utilize uh, marketing within a niche. And so you know we're targeting very specific groups of people. Um, another thing that helped was. Uh, Discord, and I want to say, originally I said this probably this probably was a, um, a hindrance to us, but um, a lot of people already were signed up for Discord because it was growing so much, so a lot of gamers were signed up, um, and it was it was initially a gaming platform for communication between gamers. Um, it's morphed into something else entirely today, but um, I think a lot of gamers and people in the gaming industry are already you know versed in computers. They know what they're doing, so they've heard about cryptocurrency. So they knew exactly what Discord was. It didn't scare them away when we marketed to them. So they're like, oh, Discord, yeah, I'll join the community. It's a you know one one click process. So um, I think that definitely benefited us. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Nate, do you want to read one of the testimonials that uh, we found for the pure community? Uh, also, <laughs> pretty long. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna crack a beer really quick here. Uh, I, I got some Hermit Thrush beers, which is kind of my my hometown brewery, as well as some uh, Heady Topper from the Alchemist. So we're very Vermonty room here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we always gotta crack a beer during the podcast. Uh, go ahead, Nate. Oh, pick, pick a testimonial and. and I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> You've got some good ones. All right. Here goes nothing. Uh, so. Yellow Crypto says, well done on developing a great community. Your analysts have been truly amazing for their opinions and support. The addition of the other roles have clearly helped with the analyst time so they can use your skills effectively and everyone appears to be benefiting well from your changes overall, over the last few months. So that's one of the few reviews that we have um, 
on this. Yeah, the reviews seem to really stress the value of the community, which I know is a big selling point. And like, I know that your members kind of help each other out and the, the signals that the analysts give out and things like that, that's very cool. So instead of, since you guys don't really have an office, um, you have more of an online space, how are you able to grow sort of like a online presence or a um, sort of like, how do you describe it? Um, like a company culture, but online for the community, like a community culture, um, and how you continue to able to promote that um, to your users and to your staff. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, good question for sure. So, I'll start off with the uh, the staff side of things and um, the, the employee side of things. So yeah, we don't have a physical office, and this is actually something we've definitely struggled with and are still you know figuring out. But how is how to create a uh, company culture without ever not ever but being in the same place you know two or two to five times a week. Yeah. Um, so that's a, that's definitely a struggle. We we did it, we have used a few strategies. For one, we definitely set up a lot of communication channels. So we, we use Slack for uh, company-wide discussion and communication. We love Slack. Slack is great. Um, we set up uh, Google Drive or you know Google accounts for all of our employees um, and encourage them to use their uh, work email and, and share things through Google um, and. Uh, and so those are some of the tools we used. But I'd say that everyone kind of, and not, not everyone, but people that we hired, you know, the analysts that we brought together for a team, um, they all kind of, you know, started to get along um, better and better, I guess just as the months went by, you know, you get more used to uh, the people you're working with. Um, and the one thing was that we were kind of, the nice thing about not being in a physical location is you can talk to, uh, you know, coworkers whenever you want. So it wasn't super a super formal culture. We were very laid back. We are very laid back still. Um, so I'll chat, you know, it'll be midnight, you know, on a Friday night, and I'll be chatting with some of my friends uh, who are also my coworkers. And uh, it's a super relaxed culture, which I think um, helped and you know maybe hindered us in some ways, but that ultimately helped us uh, form a very uh, welcoming culture within the company. What's the biggest mistake that you made in building this business? Biggest mistake, easily. Okay, actually this isn't easy. I'd say there's a tie. Okay. So we made a huge mistake, and this is more of a clear cut mistake. Um, we trusted. Uh, trusted in quotes. Um, we we decided to hire this company to help us build a web application. Um, and I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure at this point that they ended up taking us for a ride uh, and you know noticing that we were young college students that uh, they could upcharge, you know, charge us a lot more than uh, which should have been and kind of drag the project along, um, which I didn't appreciate very much. So we yeah, ended, up, ended up firing that company. Um, and uh, building it by hand, which actually worked a lot better, um, which I can talk about too if you guys want. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that was one of the. I'll touch on the other mistake too. Actually. Yeah, we'll come I, back. To yeah, that. we'll come back to that. Um, the other mistake I'd say was 
not seeing past the euphoria. So we really thought that crypto was, and we didn't think that it was gonna go up forever, obviously, but we thought it was gonna, you know, go up and reach a steady price, um, at which point we would reach a steady growth rate. Um, it didn't end up like that, you know, we were kind of caught up in the bliss and, you know, our, our user growth was crazy. We were, you know, gaining a thousand per week at one point. Um, we were making like 60K per month at one point. Uh, and for a college student, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so we weren't, you know, really looking too far into the future. And then, you know, the crypto, uh, the crypto hype kind of died in the popular culture at least. And uh, we were kind of left with the diehard fans. And so we didn't see that insane growth anymore. Um, it was it was a much more it was much more of a struggle to to, to get back to those levels of growth and, and revenue. Um, so that was probably the other big mistake that we made. So if you want to go back onto like the whole web application build, yeah, internally rather than using external help. Yeah, what happened there? So I'll give some backstory and some context into the web application itself. Um, we started off completely doing everything through Discord, so all of our content was 100% through Discord, and uh, my one of my co-owners actually, uh, I don't think I've mentioned him yet, but his name's Mike, he also goes to Champlain College. Um, we know Mike. Yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> he, he had a good analogy for it, which was that the information that we were putting out and the content that we were putting out was kind of like a fire hose where the, our, our user base and our customers couldn't go back and, you know, it, they're just being, you know, completely overwhelmed with information. Um, and the way Discord works is it's hard to, to really keep up like that, um, especially when um, there's a lot of content made. It's not organized. It's not, it's, it's hard because we don't own the platform, so we can't really tailor it to our needs as much as we'd like to. So that's kind of the context of why we wanted to build our, our own web, web application. Um, and so that's kind of what we decided to do. We had a lot of funds just because of um, you know the crazy uh, revenue growth we were seeing. So we weren't scared to uh, to spend a little money. And so we contacted you know a bunch of different web web agencies, and uh, we found one that we liked, uh, and they. Where so were they located? They were located in, I want to say, I think it was Russia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably the first red flag that anyone else should have noticed. We did. Um, and so, yeah, we went with them, and they were super nice to us, and uh, kind of led us along. And, you know, we ended up getting, we ended up spent. I'll say, that, I'll give the numbers here. We ended up spending around $10,000 uh, with them, and uh, we ended up getting no code. We had no code, we only had kind of a, a, a layout of what we wanted it to look like. And at least we had something. We had a layout of what we wanted the web application to look like. Um, could have been worse. Could have been worse. Uh, we had you know all the functionality done uh, in terms of wireframing and stuff. Um, so we had, we had that. Really all we needed from that point was um, good programmers. And luckily, Miles and I are both CS, or well, I'm a student, I'm a cybersecurity, but Miles is a CS student, and um, he knows a lot of programmers, and we also just know, you know, coders through the whole community aspect of things. A lot of uh, cryptocurrency enthusiasts are double as, uh, as uh, programmers. So, yeah. so we had a, a friend of ours, Kurt, 
um, who actually reached out to us and he, he offered up his services um, to help us and him and Miles ended up building the whole web application pretty much from scratch. Um, well, not from scratch, obviously, but building it themselves, um, which ended up working out great. And you know, we have a, a minimum viable product um, out there right now, and it could, you know, there, definitely there's some improvements that we sh we can work on, but um, it's it's doing its job how we wanted it to do. So, yeah. How long did that take to build? I'd say about two and a half months. Okay, that's um, not too bad. Not bad at all, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's pretty bare bones, um, but we're still adding to it day by day uh, and improving it. So. so is this going to shift you away from Discord? Yeah, so that's one of the things we kind of we kind of wrestled with, um, is do we want to, you know, try and regain that growth on Discord again, or do we want to maybe move laterally to a, uh, to a web application or an in-house solution? And we ended up leaning towards that move away from Discord thing, um, and the reasons are basically what I outlined, just we can't control Discord as much as yeah. we want to, yeah. you know, um, there's a lot of limitations when it comes to customization and stuff. So we thought, we don't want to lose the Discord. Discord, you know, is still an amazing, uh, I guess, I don't want to say product, but it's still an amazing part of, uh, of Pure Investments. And uh, our community there is, is great, but we do want to add. We did want to add something else on to the side of that, um, and have them complement each other. So we integrated Discord with our web application. So if you log into Discord, or if you log into a web application, you can log in with your Discord credentials. Um, so tying those two together really helped. I think the community from Discord kind of flow over to our uh, to our own in-house web app. Sell us on the web app. What, what's the functionality that that provides? Yeah, so the web app, basically in Discord, uh, Discord's got a great robust API. So you can do a lot of cool stuff with it in terms of automation and in terms of uh, bots and stuff. So over the year and a half of, of building this Discord, we created a lot of uh, Discord bots that would basically do different, or have different functions, like one would um, pull, I don't want to get too technical here, but one would pull, um... I feel like we have a fairly technical audience. <laughs> okay, well that kind of maybe. Um, maybe not. Yeah. It would pull prices and stuff from the exchanges. Um, one really cool feature that we built was it would pull, um, order books. So, order books on exchanges are how much people are buying or selling at one time. So, uh, we have this bot pull order books and visualize it in a way where it had, um, basically bars you could visualize, okay, there's a, we call it a sell wall in, uh, in, in crypto, but there's a sell wall here, okay, so the price might bounce there, it might not go under that price because there's a lot of people buying at it. Um, so you could, we made it something that could visualize that, um, and we have a lot of features like that that were just uh, things that we built for, for the people who subscribe to our services, and we wanted to kind of take that off Discord because, or not take it off Discord, but maybe put it on the web application as well because it's a lot easier to to uh, just build it on the web application rather than having to go through Discord's API and um, all, that, all that jazz. So the web app's got all your content, it's got charts and technical analysis, yeah, your pretty, analysts are in there. Pretty much everything um, you, I don't want to say everything, but uh, if, you, if you had been in our Discord before we had the web app, 
Um, everything you enjoyed about the Discord is also on the web app in a much more clean, formatted, organized way. So you can go in there and you can look at past content. If you want to see something that was published a month ago, okay, I want to go see this analyst, what he published on you know, Ethereum a month ago, boom, you can click that. Um, I want to see the, uh, I want to see all these indicators and whether these indicators are indicating buy or sell on this specific coin, boom, you can do that on the web app, which is something you couldn't do on, the, on our Discord community. Cool. So, if you could go back in time, uh, what would you have done differently? Or if you knew about something and like, if you look at back, like, what would we have done sooner? implemented sooner, we've done the web app a bit sooner, or Yeah. Um, I, I want to say, my initial reaction would be, you know, prepare for disaster, uh, be prepared for the worst, because it's something we weren't doing, is, you know, we had funds set aside just in case of emergency, but I think that's one thing that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs don't do is, Especially in our position, where we were seeing where we were seeing so much success, they don't plan for the un, the unpredicted. Um, winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> exactly. You gotta um, batten down the hatches. But but yeah, we we did a decent job with that. But I think we still could have improved on um, on really foreseeing the uh, the future, or at least trying to, or at least putting plans in place that. Um, we could utilize because once things started started going downhill, once cryptocurrency started falling at an increasing rate, we ended up um, kind of having to scramble to gather you know gather our wits and reconvene and figure out okay what are we going to do here? How do we turn this around? Uh, can we turn this around? And so that's one thing I think we would have um, I would have liked to prepare for better. What were those conversations like between you and your co-founders, and how did you bounce back from that? Yeah, or how so, are you planning to bounce back from that? What was the plan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we uh, we had a lot of calls, a lot of talks. Uh, we're on different places. Although Miles and I often met up at coffee shops when I was back in Amherst. Mm -hmm. uh, we still do. It's actually really helpful to be in person with the, the person you're building a company with. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, so the talks, I'd say. You know, we we would we would talk about things like, do we want to change our product? Do we want to completely revamp everything, or do we just want to kind of ride it out? Do we want you know? There's a lot of paths we could have taken. We uh, and we talked to our analysts about this. Our team we didn't want to completely not include them in the in the decision making process. By the way, how big is your team at this point? What's the team look like? Uh, we have five analysts right now, okay. and then we've got. You know, community moderators, uh, community managers. So I think our team's around ten people strong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it was a little bit bigger early in the year, um, but uh, you know, stuff happened. So, um, but I think it's a good size right now. Um, but uh, but yeah. So we can we included them, and they had a lot of great ideas on what to do. Um, a lot of them were actually the funny thing is a lot of them are older than Miles and I. Uh, you know, late twenties, they've got full-time jobs, uh, so they have a lot of wisdom to, to give us, uh, and I appreciate that. Um, and yeah, they would, 
Uh, we would we would talk yeah basically about do we, what do we want, where do we where do we want where do we want the co uh, company to go what do we what do we see as our vision and because that's something we haven't really talked about what's our five year vision what's our ten year vision because um, you know up until we started seeing extreme excess and then extreme downfall um, we were kind of just considering ourselves a Discord community that kind of struck gold yeah um, and so it it. Definitely taught us a lot about the, actually building a company and what the what the right steps are and how how to actually um, build an organization. Um, and so yeah, although it, it definitely hurt us uh, not preparing, it taught us a lot for sure. If you weren't running this business, what would you be doing? Running another business. <laughs> I, I am. I am a very entrepreneurial guy. I'm constantly looking for new, uh, innovative things to do, new things to build. I'm a very tech guy, tech-focused guy. So uh, I love programming and building my own things. Whereas, like my friend from high school, he's a very, um, he's a mechanical engineer. He's very physical and hands-on. So he's always building physical things, which is pretty cool too. But I'm very focused on. Um, you know, building new websites or building new um, program, new Python programs or whatever it is. Yeah. Are you currently building anything outside of Pure right now? Uh, I have some things that, some small projects. That some I'm, irons in the fire? Yeah, some irons in the fire. Uh, I won't say too much because I haven't gotten too far on them yet. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm constantly looking for new stuff to do. Um, and. Uh, and yeah, so there's definitely stuff going on, um, but nothing since. Uh, yeah. What's the worst advice that you've ever been given or heard given to someone else? Worst advice? We can follow that one up with what's the best advice you've been given. That too. <laughs> um, can I start with what's the best advice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Best advice. I have gone would probably be to probably to not take venture capital funding because if we had taken venture capital funding during our our boom quote unquote boom phase where we were really seeing a lot of growth and uh, revenue come in, then we would have probably overstepped and we would have taken too much capital and we would have convince these venture capitalists that we could deliver um, a lot, whereas, you know, in reality, we, we ended up coming down to earth and realizing, okay, we have to take a step back and uh, reassess the company, and reassess what we're doing, and then from there we can start moving on. So yeah, I'd say I had a lot of people, uh, I talked to a lot of people, because we had a, um, a substantial amount of offers, especially after launch VT, um, to to fund us, um, especially people seeing our, our revenue and the growth, uh, they were very excited by that. Uh, and we ended up turning them all down because I would talk to um, entrepreneurs in the area, and they would be they would tell me, you know, tr try and bootstrap it, try it and see what happens. Uh, and if and if you're able to really build something sturdy and sustainable at that point, you know, you can consider taking. Okay, and then moving on to the worst advice. So best advice, don't take venture capital. 
Yeah, if you don't, if you were, you know, in the early stages, uh, and you haven't really, you know, taken a, a strong, I would say take a strong look at what you're doing and, and uh, your business model and everything you've, you've built, everything you want to build. Have that vision um, and then, and then you know, you can look into venture capital. Um, but yeah, just... Uh, Did you guys get any grant money for your placement in LaunchBT? Yeah, so I don't remember the exact numbers, but I remember LaunchBT, the Champlain College version, we got... I want to say it was like a thousand dollars, and that's two thousand. Two thousand, okay. And then the the collegiate one was somewhere around there too, maybe like three thousand. Okay. So we had, um, which it seemed like pennies to us at the time, because we didn't have money or anything. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. now looking back at it, that was a that was a great amount of, of money to to get stuff going. That's cool. Will you be uh, going back to uh, launch VT this year? We haven't decided yet. No, I haven't decided because um, we still have a lot of stuff on our plate that we want to build, and we want to kind of focus our vision some more before we uh, before we put ourselves out there for you know others to to judge and to to consider. Um, so we talked about your uh, placement in Launch VT. We talked about how you had hit sixty thousand a month in recurring revenue at one point. Uh, what would you say has been your greatest accomplishment thus far? Greatest accomplishment? Talked about you building a team, I, yeah, a new was, platform. There's a lot to, to talk about here, but in your words. I was about to jump to, to building a team. I think yeah. that building the team we've built and forging those connections uh, is a really important thing when it comes to building a company. And I'd say that we've done a pretty good, pretty great job of it, um, and that's probably what I see as uh, one of my one of my greater accomplishments. Another thing would be doing all this while in college, um, and I'm saying this just as a standpoint from looking at other student entrepreneurs, Nate being one of them. It's difficult to find time to uh, socialize and to uh, you know study and get school work done all while running a company at the same time. Because um, running a company, I mean, it's it's draining. It's 24-7. 24-7. I remember, I mean, there were, there were nights where I would I uh, would have to tell my friends, you know, I'm staying in tonight, and I would literally stay up till like 3 or 4 a.m. just um, doing whatever. You know, a lot of time it was, before we had automated systems where they would process each customer that we brought in, I would have to go in and, uh, and Trigger their membership and message them. Welcome to the community. You know, I type out each message individually. Wow. A lot of it was copy and paste, but I try to tailor it to each person. Um, and then also, when people would expire, um, I would have to add a spreadsheet where I would track. Okay, this person's expiring in a week. I'm gonna message them. This person's expiring today. I'm gonna message them. Try and get that uh, user renewal uh, going. And so that took a lot of my time. Once we automated that, uh, it made my life a lot easier. But uh, you know. It's, it's, it's that balance that you have to find, and it's a difficult thing to do, especially while in college. Yeah, I find you have to drop something, <clears throat> essentially. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, a lot of our everything. listeners can relate to that. Like, yeah, like, I just don't ski that much, and I don't go out much anymore, because you just don't have time. I found I don't even have enough time to do anything I want to do in the day. Yeah. So, kind of sucks. Uh, if, you had, if you had an extra four hours in your day, Zeke, how would you spend it? 
Oh, new projects. <laughs> new projects? <laughs> yeah, if I, I mean, if, if, we're, if we're saying like I had a full day, you know, I, I worked on, I got what I wanted to accomplish done, um, including school, I would probably spend those four hours researching and maybe developing some new projects, new ideas. Because that's one of the things when you start a company and you're working on a company, it's a 24-7 thing and so you don't have time to really look into to new things and so I'll be like talking to friends or just overhearing conversations and people will be talking about these super cool projects and um, it'll inspire me to want to be like, oh, I wish I could do that but you know, I've got this going right now and so if I had four hours, an extra four hours in a day, I would definitely spend it. Um, is there something that you do every day? Do you have some sort of routines, morning, evening routines? What, what do you do every day? Well, in the morning, I was, I was never a huge morning person, uh, especially in high school. And then I got to college and I realized that I could sleep in because you, know, you could schedule your own classes. So that was, a, that was a nice thing. But then eventually I kind of, I, I realized that um, I wanted to be more productive with my days, so I was sleeping into, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it was, 10 or 11, and uh, that's a lot of missed time. And so what I would, I would start doing is, is uh, getting up in the morning, you know, around 7 or 8, and, and that helped my productivity, not only in the morning, but noticeably throughout the day, I would just get more, get more done. Um, and I've heard arguments for both you know, both ways, like, uh, a lot of people say, wake up early, a lot of people say, waking up early is not a huge thing, um, but I would say, the key thing, actually, to answer your question, the key thing would be, have a schedule and stick to it, because if you're all over the place, and you're doing different things every day, you're gonna feel disorganized, and you're gonna feel a little confused on, okay, what do you have to do today? Well, you don't really know, because you have no set structure. So have a structure for the day and stick to it, whatever your process is, but definitely don't let your, don't let things kind of roam free and uh, without any organization. Fill up your calendar yeah. and actually do those things. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, on the subject of when, when you wake up, I personally have been kind of reflecting on this recently and like, I've changed my mindset from like, I have to be up at this time, more towards, I have to get this much sleep. Right. Um, and so when I wake up is more a function of when I go to bed, rather than like setting an alarm. Yeah. And, and yeah, holding myself to I've been doing the same thing as well as of a week, I've been waking up two hours earlier. And you know, sometimes you just want to stay up till 3 a.m. and exactly. work on shit. Like, you hit those times where you just you find something and you just keep going and you look at the clock and then you, yeah. hours have gone by already and you don't realize it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good strategy. Um, so we're we're coming up. We we're 45 minutes into this. We want to wrap it up here a little bit. We got a few more questions for you. Appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Uh, had fun with this. Um, Nate, you want to take one of these last couple questions? Um, so, what advice would you give to a young founder with an idea, um, and uh, yeah, basically that, like, what kind of advice would you just give to, say, uh, somebody that was entering the launch VT that had a fresh new idea, um, and sort of just 
was kind of naive in the whole entrepreneurship scene. Mm -hmm. um, which got his a young founder, if you will. A super young founder. <laughs> <laughs> um, make connections. Get out there and make connections. Connections are extremely important, uh, especially in the startup and founding. You know, if you're a young founder in that industry, meet people, talk to people, because that's probably the best way to learn. You know, you can learn a lot online, taking courses or whatever, or learning from, you know, whatever the internet resources you you find, um, which there are great. There are a ton of them that are really great, but. Get out there, go to meet and greets, go to um, launch VTs, go to launch anything, any, any sort of competition like that uh, really draws in some awesome people and it's a great idea to, to make those connections and see what other people are up to are up to because then you can learn from that and incorporate it into your own life and um, that's super important in my mind. Zeke, where can people uh, learn more about Pure Investments or follow you, find you guys on social media? Yeah, so pureinvestments.com. You can find us there. There's a lot of information there. Um, if you want to join our Discord, if you have a Discord community, definitely go to pureinvestments.com slash Discord. Uh, we have social medias. We have Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that jazz. Um, just search Pure Investments to find us. Do you, do you have Twitter personally, Zeke? I do have a Twitter. Do you want to plug that one? Uh, sure, yeah. Zeke, <laughs> Zeke Tirkel, that's T-I-E-R-K-E-L on Twitter. Give me a follow. I have so few of them. <laughs> uh, what individual has been the most inspiring person in your life and why? Ooh. That's a good question. Hmm. <laughs> inspiring. Can it, yeah, so I, I would say... Or influential. Right, influential. I would say... This is like a cliche answer, because I, I always think of Elon Musk when I think of uh, influential people in my life. I read his biography which in high school, which kind of it coincided with the uh, when I started my first company, which was a, the skateboard company. Um, and that really helped light the spark of- Is this the one by Ashley Vance? Ashley Vance, that's yeah. correct, yeah. Great book, if anyone is wondering. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a story in that book, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, I'll come back to it, yeah. but there's a story in that book about Elon throwing a party, I think during his PayPal days, oh, yeah. and they talked about like how wild his parties were, and they said that he had a knife thrower, and he like stood against a wall or something, and had this knife thrower throw knives near him, yeah. and I was like, that's insane, <laughs> but like, yeah, you're right, that that book was, uh, was really like, just just opened a world that you never would have imagined yeah. existed and like him being up all hours of the night and just working constantly and then you know letting off steam in these crazy parties yeah um not to get too too focused on the party but okay so Elon <laughs> Musk was a, a big influence for you yeah. um anyone else that you want to shout out um I'm a big film guy. We'll get this to Elon, by the way. Oh, thank God. You <laughs> found a podcast. Just text him, send me a text. I'm a big film guy, so I love uh, I love a lot of films. I, I'm a big Mars, uh, Martin Scorsese fan. I have, if anyone, you know, anyone who's been in my room knows because I've got posters all over. But um, the, yeah, Martin Scorsese, big inspiration. Uh, just, yeah, he's. 
he's he really knows what he's doing. He's creating these amazing movies. Um, yeah, that's another inspiration. Huh? So Nate's got one last question for you, and then I'll I'll wrap it up with a uh, one last testimonial for the for the community. Oh, wonderful. Leave it on a good note. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's a good testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> no, we gathered a bunch of bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's your definition of entrepreneurship? My definition of entrepreneurship is kind of doing, being active. So if you have an idea, don't just let it be an idea. Turn it into something that's tangible. You know, make it a reality. Uh, people, there's a lot of different types of people in the world, and I think that entrepreneur, people who, who enjoy entrepreneurship and take the entre entrepreneurship path, um, all you have to do is really just take that first step. Because once you take that first step, and this is also super cliche, but once you take that first step, all the other steps are a lot easier because you already have the ball rolling. Um, so you know if you're, if you're thinking about something, um, identify what that first step is and just kind of go for it because you know, the worst that can happen is you fail, and that's actually a really great thing to happen because you learn from that. So, yeah. um, so we'll wrap it up here, and uh, Nate, we can cue the the closeout music after the quote. But <laughs> no, 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 add it in later. Add it post. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Post, yeah. Uh, okay, here we go. This is from Andy, who's a member of your community. He says. Pure Investments is the best investment community I've ever joined. The calls the staff give are top-notch, backed with solid and accurate technical analysis. Furthermore, the community is very friendly and helpful. I would strongly recommend anyone who's looking to join an investment group to join Pure Investments. So guys, if you haven't checked them out, go to pureinvestments.com, check out their Discord channel, and, uh, and Zeke, anything to add to that? Um, Shoot a message Zeke's yeah. way, and, uh, and if you have any questions, yeah. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'm usually, you know, I'm online on Discord or whatever medium you choose, probably. So, yeah, shoot questions my way, and I'll, I'll be there to answer them. What's your favorite Vermont beer, Zeke? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Yeah, I just turned 21, so I haven't like been out like drinking at bars and but yeah. this uh, this Hetty Topper is really good. Hetty's great. Yeah. Hetty's great. All right, we'll just ride out for that. Hey, folks, it's Riley Farbaugh. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Young Founders Podcast. If you guys enjoyed this episode, if you got any value from it, please help spread the word. Post a screenshot to your Instagram story. Tell us what episodes you've been listening to on Twitter. Share an episode with your Facebook fam. Text someone a link to an episode if you think they benefit from it. And please leave us a review on the podcasting platform of your choice. Anything you guys can do to help us out is so helpful to us and very, very much appreciated. You can connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at Riley Farah. Find Nate at NT Bowl. You can also find every episode of the Young Founders podcast at the Young Founders Com. We've also compiled a bunch of resources there to help you guys out on your journey 
towards creating a profitable, sustainable, and fulfilling business for yourselves. And if there's anything Nate and I can do to help you guys out along the way, please reach out to us. We both love connecting with other young entrepreneurs and we're happy to help in any way that we can. Also, if you think you or someone you know would be a good fit to be a guest on the podcast, let us know that also. We're always looking for cool new guests. You can DM us or go to theyoungfounders.com slash apply and fill out the short form there. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Young Founders Podcast. We'll see you next time.